On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. <laughs> this is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And welcome. I am Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, he makes it rain, even when he's not a meteorologist, because he's not, on uh, 1027 Jack FM in San Antonio, Sam I am. Hey, Sam. Howdy, partner. How's it going? <laughs> uh, next contestant drops latest hits on San Antonio's number two hit music station, Energy 94.1. They're only number two behind 550 KTSA, of course. It's Miho. Hey, Miho. What's up? And our third contestant uh, drops the latest news and occasional memes wherever he can. Freelance journalist Ryan Broderick. Hey. Hello. I did not cheat the last time I was on this show. I just want to make that very clear for everybody. <laughs> All right. That's good. To, that's a good reminder for everyone not to cheat. Uh, they will be presenting <laughs> arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Isaac from Atlanta. Hey, Isaac. How's it going, Dennis? Going pretty good. Now, his job is going to be to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions I present throughout the show. Now, along with asking the questions, I'm the show's referee. So if I hear something that I don't like or maybe might merit a penalty, you're going to hear this whistle. Now, before we get started, let's give our ten contestants a chance to ask the judge a question to get to know him a little bit better. So let's start with Sam. You got any questions for our judge, Isaac? Uh, um, wow. Uh, Isaac, um... Uh, what's uh what's your favorite i don't know what's your favorite dolphin movie mm. my favorite dolphin movie yeah that's a good question yeah uh i'm gonna probably go with flipper all right uh mijo you got any questions i've got one question for our judge isaac uh you're in atlanta right i am is Waffle House or like the Waffle House really that good? No, that's that's okay. a, a lie that they tell you to trick you to come to the South. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Ryan, a question for Isaac? Yeah. Uh, what's your sign? I'm a Taurus. <laughs> oh, interesting. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can play now, right? <laughs> He's not going to deduce much from that. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, I'm good to go. Let's, let's roll. Let's do this. On Master Debaters. All right. Yes, it's opening arguments in this segment. I'll give each combatant one question, and that combatant answers the question, and our judge, Isaac, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They'll have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. We're going to start with Sam. GM is coming out with a new Hummer. That is how you change the world. The voice of basketball great LeBron James unveiled the new GMC Hummer EV, a 1,000-horsepower all-electric truck loaded with the latest technology, capable of going 350 miles on a charge and 0 to 60 in just 3 seconds. Its crab walk lets you turn the front and rear wheels to crawl around obstacles. And that's CBS's Chris Van Cleve. So from gas guzzler to all electric, what do you think about the evolution of the Hummer? Sam, 30 seconds. I don't have anything against it. I mean, you know, I, I just see how everything's getting better with Tesla. And then there's, uh, what, Nikola's another company that's uh, up and coming. So I think everyone's kind of jumping on board and they're getting better at this. I really don't have a problem with it, especially because the vehicles are, I mean, what was it? Zero to 60 in three seconds. Like what's wrong with that? I don't have any problems with it. So 
the more the merrier. Bring on the uh, electric cars. It's about time. Make them fly. That's all I got. Uh, Isaac, how many points do you want to give out? Zero to ten. Uh, hmm. I think I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him three points, not because I disagree with his position, but because his position wasn't uh, pro electric car, but rather I don't have a problem with it. And I didn't feel that was a very strong position. All right. Mm. Next topic: A West Coast judge has issued a ruling in a not so neighborly dispute involving neighboring farms. You could call it a sour grapes dispute. Two Oregon wine grape growers have failed to convince a judge in McMinnville their grapes would be harmed by odors from a neighboring marijuana operation. The judge, who considered the case for eight months, said while the smell of pot could pose a threat or risk to the nearby wine grapes, there's not enough proof to say that will damage the grapes in the near or long term. Jim Crisula, CBS News. So, Miho, if you live next to a pot farm, would you find that be a perk or a detriment? Uh, 30 seconds. Um, well, it would be a perk because then like we can get back to the old times where you just trade it, right? Like if, if I'm the owner of the pot farm, I can get free wine or if I'm the vice versa, right? Plus, I mean, Minville is beautiful. So like there's tons of space. I used to live out in Oregon. There's tons of space out there and it's a perk. Like there's space, there's great bud, great wine. Like, what else could you ask for? It's it's a perfect combo, right? Who wouldn't want to stay in and have a glass of wine and a little nug? Isaac, how many points would he give out for that? I'm going to give that argument eight points. I think he uh, I think he made a, he took a strong stance. I think he gave a lot of evidence for it. And I think he knows he likes bartering and smoking stuff. Uh, right. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan's next. <laughs> It's been a World Series so far, unlike any that's ever taken place before, as baseball's fall classic began earlier this week in Arlington, Texas. It was historic, and this fan wanted to be here. We just knew that it was like history in the making because of the whole crisis going around in the, in the country. There were a number of firsts, the first neutral site game in series history, and the limited number of fans allowed to attend, just 11,000, were all required to wear masks. It is kind of nicer whenever there's that full stadium and that full loud spirit, but I mean, you know, you get what you can get. In the game itself, the LA Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays 8-3. to Steve Futterman, CBS News at the World Series in Arlington, Texas. So, Ryan, are you watching the World Series this year? 30 seconds. Oh, boy. This could not have gone worse for me. Um, I don't watch, like, any sports. Um, and it's, like, mind-blowing to me that you would go to see sports in a pandemic. I feel the same way when I drive past an olive garden that's crowded, and I'm like, oh, that's what you want to die for? Um, I... I could get the idea behind watching weird stuff in a pandemic or wanting to watch sports when, you know, the, 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 the basketball bubble, that's been kind of interesting, but like, honestly, I did forget the world series was even happening. Um, oh man. So, uh, Isaac, uh, zero to 10, what do you, what do you <laughs> give that? 10 points. Not only do I find his overall opinion of sports, both gentlemanly and urbane, but I find his current reasoning sensible and prudent. All Holy right. hell, that was incredible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Thank coming you. up, there's a new fashion trend for men. We'll debate that and more next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Yes, and we've made it to round two. Who will make it to the end? Mm, we'll 
find out. Well, right now we have Sam I Am, Miho, and Ryan Broderick this week competing to convince our judge, Isaac, that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com slash Master Debaters, and enter to be a judge. So let's keep the show going. For argument's sake, on Master Debaters. This is where the battle starts to heat up a little bit. I'll give all three contestants the same question, and they will each take a turn presenting their argument on that question. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give each of them anywhere from zero to 10 points for their responses. The first topic, a new poll says most Texans will be skeptical of the outcome of the presidential election, no matter who wins. It's a survey from the Texas Politics Project at UT Austin. It finds 60% of Texans already suspicious of the outcome of the election. The skepticism affects voters of both parties, but there are different reasons. Some 60% of Republicans are worried about ineligible voters, while 57% of Democrats are concerned about possible election interference from foreign governments. Now, in almost equal numbers, both sides say misinformation spread through social media is a threat to the election. Don Morgan, KTSA News. So, Sam, regardless of who wins, will you be among the skeptical come November 4th? 30 seconds. I don't know. I don't know how you can't be skeptical with everything going on. I mean, disinformation about this and then like you hear about voter fraud and people being able to hack computers and change. I mean, like. I think it, it, no matter what you do, it, there's going to be doubt in some way, shape, or form for everybody. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it's just, it is what it is, and we're just going to have to – all you can do is cast your vote and see what happens and then just live with the results. And, I mean, it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this point because it should be more secure in 2020, but apparently most people don't feel that way, and I, I get it. Miho, 30 seconds. Um, well – what was the question again? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, well, yes, I am skeptical about misinformation. Absolutely. I'm also curious about like in 2020, how is there not like an app through the federal government that, that's secured through your IP address on your phone? But this isn't new. We've had this in the 2000 election in Florida. And we're, we're there's always going to be skepticism about who wins or doesn't win. So I'm skeptical, but I mean, it, like he said, just vote and we'll see. Ryan, 30 seconds. Okay, so here's what makes me really depressed about this sort of thing, which is that I think people need to understand that we are about 10 years into a process that a lot of anti-democratic thinkers have been building towards. People like Steve Bannon, people like Donald Trump, uh, hyper-capitalists, uh, foreign governments like Russia, Syria, Iran. They're all trying to make us doubt the democratic process. And if you want to learn more about this, there's a term for it. It's called hyper-normalization. It's the belief that nothing that is real is real. And you should watch a documentary by the same name by Adam Curtis. It will teach you why doubting it is not useful. All right, Vote, please. Isaac, zero to 10 points for all three of our combatants. Okay, Sam, I hate to do this to you again, but I got to go with three points. Uh, the hand wringing, the non position, and the it is what it is. Not a fan of that as an argument. So three points for Sam. Uh, Mio, I'm going to give you four points for bringing up a novel concept for modernizing voting methods and an additional three points for bringing up Bush v. Gore for seven points total. Ryan, I'm going to give you 10 points for outlining methods of interference and in parties with great specificity, which I appreciate, but I'm going to take away two points for then uh, pointing to an additional source. So a total of eight points. 
All right, next topic. Interesting. There's okay. something about those warm, fuzzy feelings of fall. According to a new One Poll survey, 56% of Americans are happier in the fall compared to other seasons. Respondents said watching the leaves change colors and drinking hot chocolate were among the season's perks. Fall lovers also tend to be more adventurous, sarcastic, and rebellious. And the perfect autumn temperature, a crisp and cool 53 degrees. So that's correspondent Naomi Ruckham. Uh, Miho, is fall really the best season? 30 seconds. Absolutely. It is the best season. For one, screw the hot chocolate. It's cuffing season. It gets colder. It gets darker. Nope. People just want to hook up. They want to be comfortable in the house. You know, you get that gravity blanket put on Netflix. It's a good time. It's a great time during the fall. That's it. That's all I got to say. It's perfect. It's the perfect season to do fun stuff in the house. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Ryan, 30 seconds. I love fall. Uh, I'm uh, a mildly heavyset white guy. I like sweaters. They make me look good. Um, I'm from New England. Uh, I love the back-to-school vibe because I like buying useless office supplies. It makes me feel excited about life. I like the colors that leaves make. Um, I look good in a scarf because my neck is slightly too long for my body, and it covers it well. I think everything about fall is really nice. Last time I was on this show, I talked about pumpkin spice. I'm a fall guy. I'm a Mr. Autumn Man. That's my vibe. I'm happy now. I love this. Sam, 30 seconds. Fall is the worst season because it comes with allergies, cold weather, which I don't like personally. And, you know, I like summertime and I like springtime because, like, it's vacation time. You can go out, get to go on vacation, go here, go there, and you don't have to worry about allergies. You don't have to worry about the incoming, like, holiday debt, which everyone's getting ready for. And I think another thing about the fall is that it's so boring that they've got to pair it up with, like, oh, pumpkins and, and pumpkin spice. And, 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 you know, no, no, it's boring. And it's overrated. And I think it's they're just trying to make it bigger and better than it is. I feel like I'm like the only spring guy here, but uh, Isaac, how would you rate those arguments? Sam, uh, I'm glad you're coming back. I'm going to give you 10 points. You have brought the harsh <laughs> truth about fall that the people needed to hear. Fall sucks. It's Thank the death you. of the promise of summer. Ryan, I'm going to give you six points. You did bring up some good things about fall, but as a New Englander, you are contractually obligated to talk about the changing colors of the leaves multiple times, yeah. and you did not. So you shouldn't have pointed out being a New Englander and not brought up the leaves. Mio, okay. uh, Netflix is not really fall specific. Everything you mentioned about fall also applies to winter. So I'm going to have to give you three points for that answer. All right, next topic. Open middle seats on airplanes that started with the pandemic are slowly vanishing another major airline is setting a date to begin filling those middle seats while announcing a third quarter loss of 1.2 billion dollars southwest saying it will stop blocking middle seats on december 1st southwest delta and alaska have been the last remaining large airlines to promise you don't have to sit next to somebody if you don't want to southwest saying the move is aligned with science-based findings but the passengers on fuller flights will be allowed to rebook if they're not comfortable sitting next to somebody Delta and Alaska Airlines say they will keep middle seats open until at least January. Alex Stone, EBC News. So outside the normal reservations that uh, person uh, with having that person sitting next to you on a plane, how comfortable would you be on a plane with a middle seat filled, whether you're 
filling that seat or someone else is filling that seat now. We're going to start with Ryan, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, so my mom is a flight attendant. Uh, so I actually have, uh, I have a, a bit of knowledge about this. Um, I have heard that the way that planes are being organized for the pandemic has made things slightly better for the people that work in the planes. I worry quite a bit about our safety. A lot of the studies that are also being commissioned about the virus on the planes are a little too closely related to the uh, airlines that are funding them. I think that anything that can make my mom's life a bit easier and her health a bit safer on the planes is good. At the same time, though, I'm just like deeply skeptical that you can make anything safe on a plane. All right, Sam, your turn. 30 seconds. <laughs> That's going to be tough to beat. But I'll tell you, uh, personally, I, I'm not comfortable with it, but I don't know why I'm not comfortable with it. Maybe because I don't really know the truth about, you know, does this work or does it not? I mean, I go to the grocery store and they make you stand in line like, you know, six feet apart. But then I notice that I'm standing two feet apart from the person next to me. So it really doesn't make much sense. Uh, would I be comfortable? No, but like, you know, if that, that's their right to open up the seats and sell them. And if you want to fly, that's that's your right. But I mean, personally, I'm not very comfortable with it just because it's a little too close for comfort for me right now. Miho, 30 seconds. Um, well, I was talking uh, before we started the show that I recently did fly and there was no middle seat. It was just a duo, like two on each side. And I felt pretty comfortable. Um, the airlines are doing a really good job at... Uh, cleaning the planes the airports are doing a really good job and contrary to what you see on the news um people are really taking this seriously um in the airports and wearing masks so i'm all for them opening up the seats as, you know like people just need to be like on brand with this and just be careful all right isaac uh how do you want to score that okay uh we'll start with sam I'm going to give you zero points, unfortunately, because you have posited Ooh. a non-existent right for businesses to do whatever they want vis-a-vis -vis health and a non-existent and vague right for customers to fly, which I've never heard of before. Mio, I'm sorry again. I'm going to give you four points. Uh, I didn't think your argument was bad, but I found it uh, wishy-washy. I didn't think you took a strong position. Ryan, I'm going to give you eight points uh, because you pointed out uh, – very well a conflict of interest with the studies i was going to give you 10 but uh eh, i don't know i i feel like you didn't need to mention your mom i think that was uh that was that was a, a detail that didn't matter i was trying to emotionally manipulate you i get that i get that <laughs> it, it clearly it really didn't work <laughs> let's move on to the next one the COVID 19 pandemic could be enabling robots to push us out of our jobs. A report by the World Economic Forum predicts we won't be doing many of today's tasks in five years' time. Those tasks will be equally done by machines. WEF Managing Director Sadia Zaidi. However, she says with more of us working online... There are new tasks that can only be done by humans. So overall, she's hopeful. The overall outlook for the future is still positive for people. The report says 85 million jobs will go, but 97 million new ones will replace them. Elaine Cobb, CBS News. So, Sam, are you afraid that a robot will take your job? 30 seconds. Well, let's see. Uh, working in this business, we've seen that, uh, you know, computers have taken over a lot of things. Um, they're not AI, but, I mean, is it getting to that point where that could happen? Sure. Um, am I worried about it? I mean, no, because I think that it's eventually going to get to that point. Uh, I think that, you know, if... You know, what are you going to do? You're just going to I'm no, I'm not worried about like computers taking my job. I'm, I don't see it's not a big deal to me now. 
Miho, are you worried about these robots taking over 30 seconds? Um, well, I work in radio, and so I can see robots taking over. We can automate music um, better than we did five years ago or two years ago. And with vo voice technology, like, there's people that can mimic Obama now, like, or systems. So, like, can they replace jocks? Yeah, and this whole thing could just be done by one person and they could run three stations so it is interesting from the story though it's a net positive right there's like 15 million jobs being added if we're losing 87 we're gaining 97 or something like that so it's all good R ryan 30 seconds yeah man i'm absolutely terrified it's like one of my biggest fears in the entire world uh because like even if they're going to add a bunch of jobs i don't really want to be a robot caretaker that's like not really how i saw my life going and like literally this morning, I was reading about influencers on Twitch and YouTube that don't exist. They're AI, but the fans don't care. And like, that's really scary to me because like, if the fans don't care about the human connection of art or entertainment or whatever it is, there's really no industry that won't get touched by this. And like, as I said, I don't really want to take care of an artificial intelligence as a job when I'm like 50 years old. Now, I will say in the radio business, I'll just say that there may be some stage. Yeah. Yeah, that a uh, uh, little ahead of yourself there, lady. But uh, yeah, some some stations in the market that are a little more robotic than others. So, uh, Isaac, what's your thought on those arguments? Sam, I, I think I'm going to give you seven points for your bravery in the face of the robot apocalypse. Um, <laughs> Mio, I'm only going to give you six because it felt like you you were really you know giving a good argument for how your job was going to go away, but you really didn't. It didn't seem like you took a strong opinion about that either way and that that concerned me i'm, I'm kind of concerned about you now um yeah. ryan your horror in the face of the robot apocalypse argument i found a little bit trite the mm -hmm. bemoaning the lack of human connection bit is something i've heard before i think the economic problems are greater i'm going to give you four points Oh, okay. All right. Next topic. Some Seinfeld cast members plan to reunite to raise money for Texas Democrats. You got that right. <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Jason Alexander, and Larry David will share behind-the-scenes stories and talk about their favorite Seinfeld episodes online in a fundraiser for Texas Democrats. The Seinfeld stars say they had to reunite for something special and... This election was the opportunity to do that. The Seinfeld event will be live-streamed at 7 p.m. Friday, and those who want to see it will have to make a donation to the Texas Democratic Party. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. So we're going to start with Miho. Uh, you can see Seinfeld, uh, the Seinfeld cast, actually, but it's uh, connected to a political fundraiser. So do you watch it, or do you avoid the politics? 30 seconds. Um. This might get me in some hot water, but I wasn't the biggest fan of Seinfeld, so I'm probably just going to pass on it. Um, and also, I just watched the West Wing one, uh, um, the fundraiser kind of thing, and I just don't want to ruin it in general. Um, I love the West Wing, and this remake or this reboot of one episode wasn't that great, and it kind of ruined it for me. So I'm just going to stick to watching Seinfeld regularly and just doing it. I understand the politics and raising money, but... I could do that in other avenues as well. Brian, 30 seconds. Dude, I love Seinfeld. I've seen like the entire thing several times, but like, I'm tired. I want healthcare. I want a better minimum wage. I want a better country. I don't want to watch celebrities doing shit. Like, I don't want to have, like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, just like, 
it's been so many years of this nonsense. It's like, you know, like, I'm just tired. <laughs> like, can't you just, like, do anything useful for the rest of us? Like, I don't want to watch your special. Just, like, help us. <laughs> God damn it. Sam, 30 seconds. Wait, 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 all right, give me the question one more time. All right. Sorry. Do you watch a Seinfeld uh, special reunion, whatever, or do you avoid it because of the politics? Uh, it sounds like a cash grab, and it's also one of those things, whenever they try to, like, bring back the magic on something like that, it's kind of hard to do. But then again, it's, if, if Seinfeld's in control of it, then it'll probably be pretty good. I would probably watch it. But you know, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna expect it to be this this great thing. I'm not. It's never gonna be as good as the original. Isaac, uh, what scores you want to give out? Be nice. Uh, first, some clar some clarification. It's a fundraiser, right? Yes. So, Sam, oh. isn't the whole point of a fundraiser to be a cash grab? I, I didn't know it was a fundraiser. My bad. I missed that part. Yeah, it's all good. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you six points because uh, I like that you're open to watching a new Seinfeld thing, even though you're suspicious of it. And I, I respect, I respect that adventurousness. Uh, Miho, I've got to ask you for some clarification. You said you would continue to watch Seinfeld regularly. Now that could mean two different things. Do you mean you're going to watch it in the regular method watching, you know, regular Seinfeld, or do you mean you will watch it on a regular basis as in often? No, like, you know, like I'll, turn it on on like hulu and i'll watch an episode or two like not often but i'll if i want to watch seinfeld i'll watch it again if i wanted to ah okay okay seven points i was really concerned that you watch a ton of seinfeld and i was going to give you no points if that was the case ryan <laughs> i uh i agree with your general exhaustion with celebrity activism <laughs> however i think it needs to be admitted that celebrity activism gets stuff done especially in terms of raising money so i'm going to give you uh, four points. Okay. All right. Next topic: men's nail polish. It's officially a thing. It's official. Young guys are turning to nail polish as a fresh fashion statement. Scott Reimer is a bartender in Brooklyn, and he says he gets tons of compliments when people notice his self manicures. Uh, my favorite color is black. But sometimes I can do a red. Depends on my mood, really. Celebs like Bad Bunny, Harry Styles, and ASAP Rocky are also doing the male nail polish thing. And companies are trying to meet demand by offering muted male shades. Maria Garcia, CBS News. All right, gentlemen, who's pinning their nails first? Ryan, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's super cool. Like, it's, yeah, why not? Um, I was, like, in emo bands in high school. I didn't think twice about it. Um, like. My fingernails get kind of gross. I feel like that would be a good way to cover that up. Um, it seems cool. Bad Bunny's really cool. Or Harry Styles is cool. Like all the guys on TikTok, like in their 20s doing stuff, seem like they're having a lot of fun. What the hell? Go for it. That's all I got. <laughs> Go for it. Sounds cool. Okay. All right, Sam. 30 seconds. I'm just surprised that this is like a they're saying this is a new trend. I mean, yeah, like he said, I've seen this happening for like a long time. Punk bands, you know, just like I've seen dudes like just, you know, wearing eyeliner. I don't care. I think whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. And, you know, that's what you want to do. Then I'm cool with it. Um, yeah. Paint your nails. I, I really don't have a problem with it, nor do I care if that makes somebody feel better about themselves. And hey, I'm all for it, whatever. And that's all I got. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
Miho, 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Sam. Like, if it makes them happy, go for it. But the fact that like it's a new trend is kind of just um I don't, I don't want to say infuriating, but infuriating is the word that comes to mind because like you can go back to Marilyn Manson in the early 90s and he was doing it in bands before that. Like the fact that it's trendy is like everybody wants to hop on it on it and like it's just dumb. Now it's just a cash grip. Yeah, like let's yeah. try to milk it what it's worth and in four years nobody's gonna be paying their nails but if that's what makes them happy do it all right isaac how many points you want to give out huh so ryan i just i want you to know I, you came in strong with the screw fashion dogma was going to give you 10 points but you did mention that you were in an emo band so i'm gonna have to give you six points i'm sorry i understand, <laughs> I understand. sam yeah, I think your I think your position uh, was a bit wishy-washy. It was sort of uh, whatever makes you happy. You didn't really couch it in any sort of uh, aesthetic or cultural analysis. But oh, I don't know. It didn't it didn't piss me off either. I'll give you six points. All right, uh, Miho. What position you Sam? But I think you also really honestly expressed your frustration with people latching on to something popular, and I think that's valid. So I'm gonna give you eight points. All right. Well, coming up. Our debaters have been thinking all week about a variety of things. Let's hear what they have to say and what their competitors think about it. Next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week is Sam I Am, Miho, and Ryan Broderick are all working to coerce their judge Isaac to give them more points than their fellow competitors even during the breaks. Let's keep this debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came in with a topic they wanted to talk about, the case they want to present to our judge. They will get 90 seconds to do so. During those 90 seconds, if the other combatants wish to challenge, they will get 45 seconds each after the case is being done being presented. After the challenges, the original presenter will get their own 45 seconds to address their challengers. If they change their topic from what they had sent in before the the show, I will assess an automatic five-point penalty. There are also more points at stake now. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or can take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge or choose to stay quiet. So right now, our points leader is Ryan. So you're going to start with your 90 seconds right now. Uh, So I've been trying to figure out why I've been drawn to shows like 90 Day Fiance and Below Deck and the spinoffs of Below Deck and 90 Day Fiance during the uh, pandemic. And I've decided that it's kind of nice that I've kind of given up on being elitist about what I watch on TV. And I found that actually trashy reality TV is kind of soothing. Uh, I don't see a lot of people in my daily life. And one of the things I've, I, maybe I'm missing about being around people is how horrible they are. Um, and what's kind of nice about reality TV and very trashy reality TV is that I can kind of, for a brief moment, feel like I'm back in the before time and I'm watching, you know, a 60-year-old woman marry a 20-year-old man from Nigeria or I watch like, three people from Australia fight in the bottom of a yacht in the Mediterranean Sea. And there's something something really nice about the the just like the the general awfulness of people on reality TV. And I don't get that anymore. And, and I feel like it's time for all of us to maybe admit that we were being a little too harsh about bad TV and we should just embrace it. And we should just say, you know what? Sometimes I just want to watch absolute garbage. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
And I feel like maybe that's one of the, the greater lessons of the of this dark moment in history is that like things don't have to be serious all the time. And sometimes I want to watch one 50-year-old rich woman throw white wine in another 50-year-old rich woman's face. And that's like totally okay and actually kind of healthy. So no challenges. Isaac, uh, what do you want to give that score and the, the score of all the other competitors? Wait, I put in a well, challenge. It no. came in late. So, yeah. Are we getting a counter argument? No, they were too late. Well, I saw all those Brian, I, I really think you've made two arguments here, and this will be mm. reflected in your score. So okay. the first argument is that reality TV um, is a good way to, you know, to sort of throw off our elitism and see the reality of people. And the second argument has something to do with using that to uh, get the human connection you've been craving since the before mm -hmm. times ended. I don't think either of those are, are really healthy, but I don't know if that's what you're arguing either. <laughs> Really, this just seems like sort of a sad autobiography. I'm going to give you 11 Jesus. points and a okay. uh, heavy recommendation to watch some movies during the day. Uh, okay. And what about Sam Miho? Do you want to give, take away, or leave even? Hmm. I'm going to take away one point from each of them for not interrupting this incredibly incredibly painful barrage of reality TV <laughs> apologism. Oh, okay damn. <laughs> All ready. I was so ready. Next up, Miho, 90 seconds starts now. Um, so I saw a report that said that Hallmark is starting their Christmas uh, movie marathons this Friday before Halloween. And um, I just find that absurd. Christmas keeps getting earlier and earlier. And based on one of my favorite movies waiting you never go intercontinental right you don't mix dishes you don't put curry on tacos right so why would you put christmas before halloween and mix them you shouldn't mix them like what are we going to have fourth of july during easter it's there's a time and a place for everything and similar to that netflix show marie kondo like the same people who are like there's a time and a place and everything needs to be organized are the same people who are watching christmas and the Grinch and all these dumb Hallmark movies before Halloween. Can we can we just enjoy one at a time? This is I can't I can't deal with it. That's 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 all I got because I'm just pissed about this. Okay. Anybody want challenge? I, 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 okay, I'm, I'm with him. No, I I'm a hundred percent in. You're totally right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> We are massive. Yeah. Yeah. All holiday films are kind it's, of fact. It's really, yeah. it's really hard to find issue with this argument. You know, you've, you've, you've taken a position that I think all human beings of merit and worth agree with that <laughs> Christmas movies should not be played before goddamn Halloween. These Grinch watching fiends have ruined our country. But I was going to give you a perfect score, but then you said curry was not good on tacos. Not only is that a bad analogy, but it is factually untrue. Curry is great on tacos. So I'm going to give you it's 17 subjective. Points. It's not factual if it's subjective. No. So you should get no, a no, bad points. No, that's ask, factual. Okay, that's a fact. You're going to have to no. ask Gordon Ramsay about this. There's a consensus about about Indian fusion and tacos. And amongst uh, amongst no, cooking experts. No. Not with Latinos. I'm a Latino. You don't put curry on tacos. 
<laughs> I am not a Latino, but I do have San Antonio street cred and I've lived here my whole life and I've never had that. I'm not saying it's not good, but I'm just saying like, it's not authentic and nothing beats. It's not authentic at all. It's, but it's, it's the height of fusion for so, Indian food. I love it. Yeah. So, I actually had some just the other week downtown Atlanta. Yeah. But if we're talking about fusion, like why mix Halloween and Christmas? Like, why are we mixing fusion? Like, why is there good fusion? Point. Good point. Uh, so, so that you're, the, the point is that Halloween, Halloween and Christmas aren't a good fusion, right? But it, instead, it, and you made that point, but then you made an, an unconnected argument arguing against fusion in general, which I don't think was as strong, which is really my main concern with your, your curry <laughs> taco lie. And points for Sam yeah. and Ryan. Do they get any, not get any? Uh... Uh, they're going to each uh, lose one point for not interjecting on the curry taco issue. Oh, oh right. no! Point. And, I, and saying, I want them I both to know that they could have both made a lot of points had they. Uh, I said it was a fact. I, I, I've had. And, and, and this is not about my opinion. This is not about my opinion. This is about the quality of the analogy. Where oh, in fantastic. one sense you are arguing against our... a specific fusion, and then in the second argument you are arguing against fusion conceptually. All right. So uh, are, we losing a point? are we losing a point because we didn't interject during the conversation? Yes. And we waited till after. Is yes. that where you lost I the point? See. I yes. see. Yeah, okay. Sam, your 90 seconds starts now. Uh, okay, so what I don't know about the FAA and the CDC and the United States government, I do know about Chinese food. Uh, and no matter what Chinese restaurant you go to, uh, you'll see lemon chicken on the menu. That makes it the best Chinese food there is because it's on every menu at every respectable Chinese restaurant. If they don't have it, then you need to go find another Chinese restaurant. Uh-oh. Here we go. Come on, bring it. Chinese lemon chicken is the best Chinese food. Yes, go ahead. Did somebody interject? I heard a ding. Yeah, no, you got you, you got to finish. You, you got to finish. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go. Mm-mm. So it's it's the best. Go down the menu. And you'll go to a ton of restaurants and see all these things like yeah. And it, 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 you can always judge a Chinese restaurant by their lemon chicken. That's a fact. And like, I'm sure everybody here has done that. And if you don't like lemon chicken, I, I, I don't know if I can I, I don't know if I can talk to you. I don't know if I can sit next to you in the middle seat of an airplane. <laughs> well, I disagree. Oh, um, yeah. it's, it's Sam still has about twenty five okay, seconds okay. to use. Twenty five seconds. Yep. Start tap okay. dancing. So, well, here you go. Um, it, it, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just good. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's my favorite, but I'm just saying it's on the menu everywhere. And most people go to lemon chicken when they're not sure. So that makes it the best. There you go. All right, Ryan, first challenge, 45 seconds. Yeah, look, like I'm not trying to be funny. Like I straight up don't even know what lemon chicken is. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> uh, like, are you, is it like Kung Pao chicken or General Tso's? Like, of all the chicken dishes I've ever had, both in American Chinese restaurants and Chinese restaurants in actual China, I have no idea what you're talking about. If we're going to talk know. about like, if we're going to talk about the that. dish, if we're going to talk about the dish in which you can judge all Chinese restaurants, I feel like the easiest baseline of am I in a good Chinese restaurant is the boneless spirits. In America, in an American Chinese restaurant, you walk in, you say boneless spirits. You try them. If they're good, chances are it's a good restaurant. Egg rolls, also a good way to figure out if you're a good Chinese restaurant. 
I, I, I'm also a big Crab Rangoon fan, but I straight up do not know what lemon chicken is. All right, uh, Miho, Miho, 45 seconds. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go with, uh, speaking about dishes, I feel like the best one you can judge a restaurant on is a beef broccoli. Like, is the broccoli too soft? Ooh. Is it crispy, right? Yeah. Is the meat too soft? Or is it, like, just chewy enough, right? Secondly, it's just too damn broccoli sweet. Gross. Like, well... That goes to my next point. In lemon chicken, there's no veggies. I love my veggies, right? And, like, it's just I need my veggies, and lemon chicken isn't a good basis to say it's the best dish. And lastly, the only acceptable sweet meat is candied bacon. I don't want something chicken-based that tastes like I'm about to have diabetes. Like, I want either candied bacon or nothing. Sam, 45-second rebuttal. I, I'm, I'm literally like jaw dropped right now that you've never been to a Chinese restaurant with lemon, with lemon chicken on the menu, but you know of like, um, I don't know what you say, Peking duck and Mugu Gai Pan. I, I don't know. Um, or general. So how do you know the general, but you don't know the lemon chicken? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by that because I mean, I've been, I've been all around and everywhere I go, I've seen lemon chicken on the menu and that's how I judge a Chinese restaurant. Now you're right about like the veggies. I understand that, but I'm just saying like when you need, and you can get your veggies in the fried rice, which usually has uh, peas and carrots in it. But, like, there's your veggies. But I'm just saying, like, an overall dish, you know, I'm not talking the vegetarian, man. I'm talking about the main menu, like lemon chicken is where it's at. And that's why I, it's, 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 it's the best. It's the best. I, I ate at a Chinese food restaurant two nights ago. I just pulled up the menu. Uh, they do not have lemon chicken. I cannot find it on this menu. <laughs> so... Not, I do not know. What this is, <laughs> Isaac? Uh, points. What do you think of that? Okay, so uh, Sam, got some problems with your <laughs> argument. First of all, your primary argument seems to be that if something is omnipresent, it must be the best. You're conflating popularity mm. and quality. Uh, it was also a repetitive argument. I also, like Ryan, have not heard of lemon chicken somehow, and I <laughs> eat Chinese food all Yo, the time. Well, I won't dock you points for that. Um, my main issue is the the content of your argument. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you ten points. Um, Miho, I think your argument for beef broccoli was phenomenal. Um, you backed it up with multiple points. How there's many places the dish can fail. It tests different disciplines of the cook. Um, it, you made specific claims about its quality that had nothing to do with its popularity. Um, I'm, what's the most points I can give somebody for a rebuttal? Twenty. Or, sorry for a, an interjection. Twenty. 20. Miho, I'm going to give you 20 points for your beef broccoli oh, argument. Shit. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I'm not going to address any aspect of your argument because you attempted to gain argumentative authority by talking about your travels to China. Uh, <laughs> that's a dirty trick and it's non-substantive, so I'm going to take away five points. That's, you know what? I understand. <laughs> oh my. Well, who will win? It comes down to one final fight. This is Master Defaders from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Yeah, and uh, that argument, it's going to end right here and right now. It's battle this week between Sam I Am, Miho, and Ryan Broderick to convince our judge, Isaac, that their argument is the best argument. But right now, it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments. 
on Master Debaters. So we here at Master Debaters like making dreams come true. And our judge's dream was to one day oversee debates about... Ah, that thing, Star Wars. Yeah, ah. Yeah. So, debaters, when it's all said and done, or even now with the trilogy of trilogies, everyone will look at it, when will we reach the point of too much Star Wars? That's the topic for this five-minute melee. I present the topic. You'll each have five minutes to debate that topic, no more, no less. And at the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or can take away 100 points, depending on their mood. The person with the fewest points will get a 15-second head start. Everyone else can join in after that bell has rung. Right now, the contestant with the fewest points is Sam. So, Sam, <laughs> five minutes starts now, the 15-second head start. When will we have reached the point of two March Star Wars? You know, it's kind of like... Uh like his argument on trash TV. Look, they're not getting better. It seems like they tend to be getting a little worse. Uh, I don't know, but you know what? Take my money because anytime they put one out, I'll go watch it. Uh, I'm on board. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I just think that uh, the last one was out... so bad, though. It was so and, and it, what sucks is like yeah. the, the it what was it? Rise of Skywalker was so horrible. And yet I'm still hyped for the Mandalorian. That's how that's yeah, how like sick I am. <laughs> totally gonna watch all of them, and I can't help it. I think it brings out the kid in us, and uh, it's it's always there, and you always kind of get a little excited when you see a a lightsaber or a, you know something, some kind of weird alien in the cantina. As, a, as um, of or, right now, I don't see there being enough Star Wars because <laughs> because it's based in fantasy and sci-fi, and you can create any world you want, right? That's the magic behind. Well, now it's sure. Disney, right? And so, yeah. like, with something like Fast and the Furious, right, where it's based in reality, when cars well. are going off cliffs, like, <laughs> in, when cars are going off cliffs and they're being pulled by a helicopter, you're like, well, now it's unrealistic, right? But with Star Wars, it lets your mind just wander. You could have characters like Jar Jar Binks who are people are torn about, but at the end of the day, like, it's just a fantasy and you get to enjoy it. And similar to your reality TV, it's an escapism, right? Whereas yeah, like, sure. so there can never be enough of escaping. Whereas like other franchises, like those could have been gone four movies ago, but with something based in sci-fi, even like, yeah, I mean, I, damn. I, yeah, even, I, and I, also I, like, I'm, I'm, I want stuff that isn't about the Skywalkers anymore. I'm good on Skywalkers. I'm good on Palpatine. I'm good on Darth Vader. Although I think we can all agree the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One was the sickest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That was but awesome. like. It was awesome. But like with the Mandalorian, I feel like there's like a breath of fresh air there where it's like, I don't know anything about Baby Yoda or the child or whatever the name is. I want to learn about this. It has nothing to do with anything. Let's go on this journey. Let's do something I, I totally agree. I, you know, as bad as the last three were, you know, it's only up from here because eventually they're going to put out another one that I, you know, keep going because it's just a matter of time before they put out something that's just like, oh, that was badass for the whole movie is like that final scene in Rogue One, right? So I keep yeah. holding out hope. And uh, I'm all for it. Like, take my, my money. And I don't care if I'm disappointed because you can't disappoint me any more than the last three have. 
I mean, they could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rise of Skywalker. I was so angry when I came. I, I saw that movie a second time just because I was so angry, and I needed to make sure that like it was as bad as I thought it was. And I was like, "This is just horrible." But see, I've never bad. gone back. I've never gone back and rewatched the last three. I've had no. I, I never wanted to. See, that's how I, I know that they weren't good. It just didn't make any sense. Emperor Palpatine was brought back via a trailer that was only accessible inside of Fortnite. That's a real fact. They don't explain why Emperor Palpatine is back. You have to play Fortnite to find out. It's not in the actual movie. Shut I up. Are you that. serious? Yeah, I'm serious. It was, it, it, oh, God. The only, the only part that got me excited was when they showed the Ewoks at the end. I was like, hell yeah, Ewoks. But other than that, I was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> You have to play Fortnite to find out how Palpatine came back? Yeah, because they skip over it in the movie. So they're like, somehow Emperor Palpatine has come back. Well, the somehow gets explained to you in a trailer that was only accessible to Fortnite players. Which Cancel is, Star Wars. You want to talk about cash grab? That's the ultimate cash grab I've ever heard of. Man, I'm so sick of... Uh, but yeah, Mandalorian I'm, is cool. I'm excited for that. Regardless, <laughs> it, brought, it brought closure to a, a saga that's lasted... True. You know, Forty years, and like as bad as they were, like I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm gonna enjoy them. If they drop another nine, like it's Star Wars, and yeah, like I get that. You can't. There's never enough Star Wars. There's enough Fast and the Furious, especially with Rest in Peace Paul Walker. But oh, yeah. like, like <laughs> bring on, bring on Star Wars. Let's do it. You know, but like another franchise, like John Wick. Like there's another two. Like I'm kind of tired of John Wick at this point. Like how much? More do we that's, need of him, dude? That's a brave thing to say, but I honestly, love those movies. I love, I love those movies, but after the third one, I feel you. I was kind of like, All right, I've seen a yeah. lot of this, I yeah. love this, but it's like, no, Cast the Furious, I've seen it, let's do it. But with something based in fantasy, like, bring it on. It's like the Marvel movies, like, they're about to drop another 20. Let's do it. It's based yeah. in fantasy, bring I've, it on. I actually marathoned the entire Marvel franchise like twice, uh, which I wouldn't recommend. It's not fun. <laughs> um, and like, I'm good on having like a year of no Marvel. Like, I'm good at having a year of no franchises. Like, it feels nice to just like, just watch movies that well, aren't connected to anything. Yeah. Dennis, you need Dennis, you need to change the name of the show to Master Agreeers. Yeah, guys, are we friends? Hey, we got a problem here. Yeah, I think so. Well. Uh... Isaac, uh, they said that the show should be called Master Agreeers, which uh, right there, I think it's a five-point penalty right there. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Uh, Dennis, uh, your contestants unionized, and now we are uh, stronger than ever. It's another five-point penalty. So, Isaac, uh, scores you want to give out? Out of 100. So, um, negative 100 to 100. Negative 100 to 100. Okay. Oh, boy. oh Brian, I'm going to start with you because uh, you had the lowest score, despite clearly being a huge Star Wars fan. You brought up a lot of important things that have happened recently, like how dope that scene in Rogue One is, 100%, how great Baby Yoda is, the disgust that you felt at Palpatine's Fortnite resurrection. But I felt that, I felt that you didn't really have a thesis in all of this. Um, if, if you can test that, uh, you can do so right now. Yeah, I mean, I just think uh, Star Wars, like, the movies are kind of tired. I think Kathleen Kennedy has not managed the franchise very well, but I think other people inside of that system have done pretty interesting things. Like, Rogue One is an interesting story that's not really connected to the Skywalker family, but it is connected to the larger universe, the Mandalorian, same idea. That's not a thesis. How much Star Wars is too much Star Wars? What? How much Star Wars is too much Star Wars? 
at what point oh. is there too much Star Wars? That was the question. I think I, I think there there I have an uh, an infinite capacity to watch Star Wars films, but I have definitely tapped out on the Star the Skywalker saga. I'm good. I don't want any more of that for okay. a while. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna award you twenty points. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, Sam, I. I totally feel you. I will watch any Star Wars. I love Aliens, and it can't get any worse than the sequel trilogy. Um, that's that's a concise concise opinion. Uh, I'm going to give you 40 points. Did you ever rewatch them? Miho. Uh, I have not rewatched them. It's too painful. They're so bad. Yeah, me too. Uh, Thank you. Miho, however, um, definitely gets the highest score because I think that he – he gave a, a serious argument for why there's no such thing as too much Star Wars is that the broad possibilities of the setting. It's the setting is unique in its ability to support stories. Unlike John Wick, the well has not run dry. And for that point, I will award you 80 points. All right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some quick math here to see who our winner is. All right. Well, after a handful of minutes of discussion, some of it heated, some of it not really all that heated, (laughs) about some of the most controversial (laughs) topics in our land right now, the time has come to name this week's Master Debater. In third place, with 66 points, Ryan. Wow. In second place, with 78 points, Sam, which means in first place, with 159 points, this Damn. week's master debater is wow. Miho. Miho, you get 60 seconds to celebrate being a master debater. It starts now. Well, uh, thank you to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, bud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just master debated all over this place, so I'm pretty <laughs> stoked on that. You didn't um, have to say it like that. You really should say it like the right way to say it. Um, I want to thank our judge. Uh, I want to thank our host. I want to thank my competitors. This was awesome. Um, and I hope to come back. This was a great thing. And uh, yeah, shout out. Oh, go vote. Let's end with that. Nice. Right? Yeah. Go vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Not lemon chicken. I'm skeptical of the final vote. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's it. That's all I got. Go vote. All right. I think we can all so agree with that. The chicken. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Master Debaters. Big thanks to our debaters this week. Sam I am from 1027 Jack FM in San Antonio, Miho from Energy 941 in San Antonio, and Ryan Broderick, a freelance journalist who is not in San Antonio. And also big thanks to our judge Isaac from Atlanta. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. Learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com slash Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.